Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Now, we're not making any claims that folks in Washington listen to the Electronic Cottage. Still, there have been some recent goings-on there that might make a person wonder if that could be the case. It seems that a number of things we've been highlighting on the Electronic Cottage in recent months have gotten the attention of at least some folks down on the Potomac. We'll mention just a few of them here, and you can decide for yourself. As regular listeners certainly know, we've often pointed out that smartphones and other supposedly smart devices are essentially tracking stations in our pockets or purses. And it seems that goes not only for regular folks, but also for spooks and spies. Perhaps that's why the National Security Agency, yep, the NSA, has recently circulated a document entitled, quote, Limiting Location Data Exposure, end quote. Three cheers for that. And, though regular listeners have pretty much heard it all here in the past, it might be worthwhile to just look at the section headings of this three-page document. So, here they are. Quote, Mobile Devices Expose Location Data. Location Services Does Not Equal GPS. Location can often be determined even if cellular is turned off. The risk is not limited to mobile devices. Apps and social media, mitigation, and finally, quote, protect data, protect privacy, protect the mission. While it may not always be possible to completely prevent the exposure of location information, it is possible through careful configuration and use, to reduce the amount of location data shared. Awareness of the ways in which such information is available is the first step." End quote. To which we say, on this issue, we here at the Electronic Cottage agree wholeheartedly with the NSA. The whole document is too long to read here, but you can read it anytime you want. We'll put the link on the webpage for today's program in the WERU Public Affairs Archive. And by the way, since the federal government cannot hold copyright, feel free to copy and share this very useful advice as much as you'd like. Another technology that regular listeners have been hearing a lot about, which, by the way, is because there's a lot to hear about it, is facial recognition technology. We've mentioned that several large cities, including Boston and San Francisco, one state, Washington, and a number of smaller cities, now including Portland, Maine, have outlawed the use of that technology by their respective governments. Over in New York State, the legislature recently passed a bill that would ban the use of facial recognition technology in schools all over the state. Why? Because, of course, a school district in that state had recently begun using that technology in all of their schools, which, as you might expect, poses quite a few very touchy problems. Without going into a list of those problems or the possible violations of civil and citizen rights involved, we'll just recall that the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, which is the federal government organization tasked with well, tasked with setting technical standards in this country, has tested 189 facial recognition software algorithms from 99 developers 
to see what the level of accuracy is. This study team found that most algorithms were reasonably accurate if a person were a white male, but not so much at all if a person were not. For example, the study found, quote, higher rates of false positives for Asian and African American faces relative to images of Caucasians. The differentials often ranged from a factor of 10 to 100 times, depending on the individual algorithm, end quote. Leaving aside for a moment whether setting up an environment in which children are constantly being monitored with technology that allegedly is able to identify them personally, whether that is a good education idea, and a lot of educators really don't think so, there is still the question of whether the facial recognition technology actually works fairly for all the people in those schools. And that is a fair question. The current answer is probably not. If you'd like to read the NIST report yourself, we'll put the link on the webpage for today's program. And while we're talking about NIST in this age of COVID-19, NIST has also run some tests to see if masks make a difference in the accuracy of facial recognition algorithms. The simple answer is yes. A mask that covers the nose and mouth completely basically gives facial recognition software conniptions. We'll put that link up as well for those who are interested. Behind all this, of course, is the question of how facial recognition technology learns to identify people in the first place, even if so far it's not doing a particularly impressive job for non-whites. The answer is that algorithms use huge numbers of images of people to teach the software what people are, what they look like, and how to tell them apart. So where do companies like Amazon, Google, and Microsoft get all those photos of real human beings to train the algorithms on? At least three lawsuits currently working their way through the federal courts are from individuals that assert that those people's images were used by one or all of those three companies without the individual's permission. The suits are being pursued by people from Illinois. You may recall that on previous programs, we've indicated that Illinois has the only biometric privacy law in the United States. That law basically says that if you want to collect and use the biometric information of any person in the state, you need to get that person's permission. Photos are biometric information. And the plaintiffs in these cases assert that they did not give permission for the companies to use their images. We'll keep an eye on how those cases proceed. Although, as we said, we doubt that people in the federal agencies or those in Congress, where, by the way, several bills have been introduced that would put a moratorium on the use of facial recognition technology, whether those folks actually listen to the electronic cottage, we are very happy nonetheless to see that some of the tech issues that affect our everyday lives are finally getting some attention from lawmakers and courts. And we'll keep on bringing up more of those issues and following attempts to deal with them right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. 